They're out working all day. They have demanding jobs. And when they come home, I think it's so important as a designer to make sure that when your project is complete, every time that client walks through the front door, their shoulders come down and they feel at ease and they feel calm. And the way we do that as an interior designer is we carefully select materials that are going to exude that emotion of calmness. That's, right. that's what we do. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you in part by Article. Article is an online-only furniture company offering beautiful modern products that are high-quality, stylish, and made to last. For more information, head on over to article.com slash article for trade. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, a social media and digital marketing agency for you guys. So today we are joined by Wingnut Social client, Melissa Sacco of Melissa Sacco Interiors, INC, Inc., in all big letters, super impressive, Melissa, so proud of you. And she is going to walk us through her design firm systems and processes, some of the biggest things that she does that she offers to clients to increase her bottom line and to provide that extra level of value, especially for the higher end clients. So if you're an interior designer, architect, and you're trying to attract interior design clients in the uh, higher end range, in the higher caliber with the bigger pockets, the deeper pockets, the bigger budget, you're going to want to stay tuned for my interview with Melissa Sacco. And she's so cute. You guys are going to love her. But first, before I get into the mini news and my interview with Melissa Sacco, we have some housekeeping. Our very popular Wingnut webinar series is making its third appearance this April 26 at 11 a.m., guest starring yours truly as I discuss Google Ads, Google Ads 101, some tips and some tricks in order to put those out there in the world to take up enough real estate to be seen by your ideal clients and to compete with some of the bigger firms, some of the bigger boys out there. To get on the first page, there's uh, a lot to be said for organic SEO. You have to have it. It's a necessary evil, whether you love it or hate it. But Google ads can kind of cheat and get you up to the front of the page quickly, but not if you're not doing them correctly. And I'm going to walk you through how to do that. So you're going to want to go to wingnutsocial.com slash webinar to sign up for this very free webinar. How many times can I say webinar? (laughs) And um, we'll see you there. Sign up for that bad boy. And uh, that is part of the upcoming Wingnut Academy, right? The Wingnut webinar series. And Wingnut Academy is going to have ongoing courses for the DIY interior designers, architects, and such out there. Because we understand that delegating your marketing is not an inexpensive adventure, right? It's quite an investment. So maybe you're a solopreneur or a newer designer out there, you don't quite have the the marketing budget, you're going to get the exact same tips, tricks, techniques, strategies that we use here to inform our marketing decisions for our clients and modulize courses with quizzes and takeaways and downloadable resources. And you are going to retain what you learn. And if you implement it, 
it is going to help you in so many ways to market your interior design business. If you've heard our guests on the show, especially on Instagram, because the first course is Instagram for beginning and intermediate for interior designers, specifically tailored for the interior design industry. If you can do a tenth of what we do here for our full service clients, you will be very successful. Yeah, I think you're going to really enjoy that. You can head on over to wingnutsocial.com. You'll see the Wingnut Academy there. So sign up for updates for when that launches. And if you follow us on Instagram at wingnutsocial, there will be three lucky interior designers who are going to um, get free scholarships to the very first class there. And just stay tuned to that and you'll see how to enter that. And uh, good luck to you there. All right, that's it for housekeeping. Y'all know what time it is. Time for Mini News, Mini News Sesh. Yeah! Hey, welcome back, Alicia McAfee, to the Mini News Sesh. It seems like I just spoke to you. I mean, it feels like just minutes ago. (laughs) It does seem like that, doesn't it? (laughs) It really does. And surprise again, we are not talking about Instagram today. We're talking about my favorite platform, a guilty little pleasure, TikTok. What you got? Oh, absolutely. It's my favorite too. Don't tell Instagram though. So TikTok now has stories. They are following suit just like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, and they have announced stories now. So basically, when you go onto TikTok and you know, you're know you using it as sure. usual, there is a little blue circle around the profile photo now. Mm-hmm. And that means that there's someone who's posted a story. And if you click on it, it will come up and it actually looks just like a TikTok video. And so you can like it, comment on it, share it all the same, but it goes away in 24 hours, just like we've seen with other platforms, which is interesting. Okay. I have to ask you, what's the point (laughs) of having a story on TikTok that just seems kind of redundant? What is their thinking here? I honestly have no idea. From a user standpoint, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Because when I'm using it, you know, if I come across a video that I like, I typically go and look at the person's profile. But if they've posted a story, I can't click on their photo anymore. I have to click their name at the bottom, which doesn't, it's not a huge deal, but I'm so used to just clicking like the profile photo and going to their profile to see their other videos. And that's kind of a little thing that I don't like now. Yeah. It, it- it seems like a little bit of overwhelm. I mean, I understand the one thing that it does does appeal to me about it is the ephemeral nature, you know, that it only mm-hmm. lasts for 24 hours. I mean, I guess that's kind of cool. It gives you a little bit of see it now or you're going to miss out or that it's um, if you are posting stories, you can stand out instead of just scrolling. You can see, oh, my favorite content person has just posted a story and stand out in that way to help differentiate yourself. I don't know. Another one of these things that's going to remain to be seen. I know I'm not going to like it, but if I like it or not <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Gosh, that just seems so, I don't understand what they're thinking about. The thing that makes stories successful on Instagram and, and even Snapchat is on Instagram, it's separate from the feed, which now... I know we talked about last week that they're testing bringing stories in with the feed, but I think it's successful because it is separate and you you do have that option to look at that. On TikTok, you don't have that option. It's you're scrolling through and if someone has a story, then you can click on it, but there's not a feed at the top with just stories. It's such a battle between TikTok and Instagram. They're copying each other. They're going to copy each other into oblivion, and they're going to both be doing the exact same things, and nobody's going to be different. 
we've seen this with all social media. I mean, mm-hmm. Snapchat was the first to have stories, which yeah. Instagram, Facebook copied, and now TikTok. But sometimes, in my opinion, if it's successful on one app, mm-hmm. leave it to that app, you know? I'm wondering if they're doing it from a comfort perspective for from people who are used to Instagram and just having them come over and, oh, I've seen this on Instagram. I know how this works and getting them used to the, the t- being on TikTok. Yeah, I don't know the reasoning behind it. I feel like it's a lot. I feel like it might be overwhelming, especially for creators. Mm-hmm. You know, you're already posting reels and you're posting, you're keeping up on TikTok, but now you post stories on Instagram and now you're going to have to keep up on TikTok. So yeah. I'm curious to see how long this stays. I, I think this is one I predict is not going to stick around, but you never know. It's like uh, the fleets on Twitter. Uh, are those even still around? I don't I don't even know. Are they? I don't think so, right? I, I think know. they went the way of uh, the Titanic. And um, yeah. YouTube stories, I've watched a couple, I will say. I admit that. All right. Well, there's chasing everything to the bottom, I guess. <laughs> All right, Alicia, thank you again for joining us this week. Are you stuck with us again next week or we have another victim? I think there's another victim. <laughs> Alrighty, a well-deserved rest. We'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah. Many new sash. Yeah. Okay. Now it's time for my conversation with Melissa Sacco. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the woman. She was raised on Long Island, New York. You're not going to be able to tell by her accent, so it's so important that I'm telling you this part now. <laughs> she was raised on Long Island, New York, by two Italian immigrants. She's the middle child, family of five children, and four girls and one boy. And she grew up in a close-knit hardworking family. Her mother raised her siblings while her dad worked several jobs. She always has had a passion to help people and it shows. It shows in her business model and her messaging on her social media, her digital marketing. She's able to use her passion for helping people through designing homes where people can be at ease and relaxed. She worked as young as 14 And she hasn't been unemployed since. Let me tell you, she is a pistol, a go-getter. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Melissa Sacco to the show. Hey there, Melissa Sacco. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm good, darling. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm completely honored to be here and nervous at the same time. Excited. Uh, Yeah, don't be nervous. We're just going to have an organic conversation, just you and me, two girls talking design business. So uh, before we get into our organic conversation here, just tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do and we'll dig in. I am the proud owner of Melissa Sacco Interiors. We're a Long Island-based, Long Island, New York-based interior design firm, boutique style. We do mostly residential work and we do luxury full-service design so that we can allow our clients to experience a renovation with the least amount of stress because we understand there's so many moving parts, so many decisions. It's a huge investment. And we want the experience to be as calm and um, fun as it possibly can, because it's a blessing to be able to do a renovation, build a new home, and we want them to get the best out of that and really enjoy the process. I love that. Full transparency, you're a, you're a wingnut social client, so we know each other. <laughs> yes. This is not yes. our first go around, right? So in the green room, we were talking about high-end interior design, custom interior design, that whole client experience, that luxury experience. And, and you said something that caught my eye about just always remembering the value that you bring to the client. And that sounds like an incredibly healthy approach to attract that high-end interior design client. Can you walk us through your philosophy there for those listening who who want similar clients? 
Yes, absolutely. So because when you're doing high-end design, naturally there's going to be tons of square footage that you're working on, starting with an architect and basically taking the client from start to finish. There's in so many moving parts, so many decisions that need to be made. So it's on us as an interior designer to make sure that we're always ahead of all of the trades. And what that looks like is you're basically starting out with a really good plan, right? From the very beginning, we want a really good plan, work out all the details and the kinks, get a really clear vision of what we're trying to achieve in the end, whatever that means to the client, right? So if it's a full renovation of a full home or just a few rooms in their home, at the end of the day, there's a lot of things to consider. And again, they're investing a lot of money. So our job as an interior designer, the way we bring value at Molsasaco Interiors is we're really knowledgeable on all of the trades and what we need to communicate to the trades in order to make the project run smoothly and efficiently. What that looks like is, again, we come up with a plan. We make sure that all of our decisions are made prior to the start of the project and we're ordering whatever can be ordered prior. So there's no waiting. There's no, nobody's waiting. No one's getting annoyed with the interior designer. We're, you know, providing them with scaled drawings, elevations, um, specification sheets, paint schedules, you name it. We're doing on-site visits where we're walking through each space because at the end of the day, even though there is a very detailed drawing that is to scale, there are site conditions that maybe are unforeseen. You know, we're taking out a wall. We don't realize there's a waste pipe in the way of where we're planning to put a sconce. So that's where we come in, right? The professionals, we come onto the site and we walk them through and really just allowing the process to go smoothly, working out all the details. And because we're visionaries, we know what it needs to look like in the end. And we can project that before it's actually built. Quick question. So um, from what I'm hearing, your business model is your client is trusting you to do pretty much everything 100%. Do you have it to the point to where the client just says yes or no? What kind of elbow grease do they have to put in, if any? We ask tons of questions from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So we really get to know the client before we get started with the design process, which is super important because you want to connect with your client. You want your client to be as comfortable with you as possible so that they could really dig deep and really know like, what is the purpose of this? What is the overall vision that I have? What do I want my home to function like? What do, what do I want it to feel like? So to answer your question, yeah, we really narrow it down. So it's just a quick like, here are your two options, or we can do this, and this is going to give you the most storage, or we could do that where you're giving up a little bit of storage, but you know, it's going to give you more counter space, whatever the case is. So we, yeah, we, it's like, yes or no, one or two options and we move on. So when I hear value, like providing value to the client, especially from a high-end interior designer, I know when I was first starting my interior design business full-time in Miami, Florida, um, you know, I didn't get the more high-end clients and I got like a lot of revisions, a lot of pushback, a lot of hand-holding. And it sounds to me like that initial first vetting part, the questionnaire, and just really getting down the nitty-gritty of getting all that information helps to eliminate that. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. We start out with a consultation where we ask tons of questions and we answer any questions the client has. And then we send out our proposals. And once they engage our services, we put together an idea session where, again, we're walking through the letter of agreement, 
step by mm-hmm. step, making sure all the scope is a hundred percent. And then in addition to that, we have the idea session where we're showing images. We're asking lots, lot more questions, like things you like, you don't like, again, the functionality. So we could stay laser focused the entire project on what the mm-hmm. ultimate goal is. It's very easy as an interior designer. We're people pleasers. So it's easy for us to get off track. But as you know, as you grow your business, you realize like, nope, we got to stay focused. We got to get this done. And as soon as we rear off, we got to bring the client back and say, well, this is, this yeah. is what it's got to be. It's, you know, and that's so hard for us. Obviously, that's so hard for us. I think it you're is. right. We are people pleaser. I think as women too, we're kind of ingrained in that. And you said that you sit through and you go through the whole letter of agreement. Do you guys sit down and like read it to them and go over it step by step? That gives me Anjana. <laughs> Well, not every line. So okay, I, I okay. like to send it out to give them some time to digest, read it through, right? put together any questions they have, and then we physically meet in person. And there are highlighted points of the letter agreement that I have to make sure are very clear. And then I kind of go into a little bit more detail. We get initials and then the whole scope. We That's something we read out because, again, want to make sure we're not missing anything. We want everyone on board so that once we get started – we are going full force. That's key. That's so important in the very beginning to set up those expectations, to set up the boundaries. This is how we work. And that saves you so much headache in the end. I know that when I was running my design business, I, I used to get a little anxiety about that. I, it was almost easier just to say, oh, they read it. Everything's good. Let's just go and do the project. And then, of course, that bites you in the ass on the other end. I love that. Is that something that you've done the whole time? Or did you learn to do this the hard way? I learned it the hard way. I learned it the hard way with a couple other things I've learned the hard way. It's super, super important. And you know what? I want the client, like I said earlier, I want the client to be so comfortable throughout the entire process. That's the only way to do it. Everyone's Mm -hmm. in agreement. Everyone gets it. Everyone knows what's coming next, what to expect, you know, what we do and what we don't do, what we're not going to allow. We're not going to allow you to go out on a Saturday and just shop. Right. Okay. You just happen to be on a Saturday and you saw our sofa. So yeah, super important. <laughs> How do you prevent that? We have a discussion about it and I <laughs> make sure that if they have any, there's any pushback at that point, this is the time we talk it through and I can thoroughly mm-hmm. explain to you why that's not going to work. Okay. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's this. Yeah, you're very um assertive. I think that's very healthy in setting up those boundaries. And I'm sure it does affect your bottom line. I wasn't as much. I, I get social anxiety so badly. But to break out of that is is you have to do it. It's absolutely freaking key. Okay, so yes. let's talk about scope creep and value and providing value to the client. I'm sure that you've run across, you, you've been very clear, you've been very concise. This is what you're getting. These are the expectations. You have a high-end client and they're trying to push on scope creep. How do you balance out a we're full service, you know, we're going to hold your hand, you're going to love us with being assertive again, and saying, okay, this is scope creep, Mr. Client, Mr. High End Client, and we're going to charge you for A, B, C, and D. How do you walk that through? So I explained to them that what full service means, right? I Mm -hmm. want to educate my client from the very beginning. We offer a full service to our clients. It's typically a three room minimum as well. That's something else nice. that I've changed over the years, three room minimum, but we really are looking for the full, you know, home renovation. And the way we do that is, is again, educating. Not everyone has the ability to work with an interior designer. It's a blessing to be able to do that, especially it's a blessing in itself to be able to do a home renovation, right? 
It's really important to educate the client on creating the look from the moment you drive up to your home, whether it be you, family, friends, and you get through the front door and you want to set a tone immediately. And at most of Sacco Interiors, we really specialize in setting the tone of it always being elegant, but never pretentious. So I make that another pretty bold statement from the beginning. And we're going to do that for you. We're going to make sure that everything in your home is cohesive. All the details are worked out. Every room has a personality, but also a lot of texture and dimension and detail. You know, so Mm -hmm. because of my background and my deep knowledge and all of my experience in this, in this industry, I bring value to all of our clients because of all of my work experience in millwork. Um, I worked for a big company years ago as a project manager and I project managed large scale millwork, uh, for high end jewelry designers. So I come with a lot of knowledge and understanding how it all works together. And again, always being ahead of the game. Yeah. So making sure that you're educated and you have that knowledge, of course, I mean, it comes with the experience of, you know, of being in the business for a while too. So you're at that point where you can offer that superior amount of knowledge and customer service and make sure that everything that's getting done is getting done correctly and beautifully. I love that you said high end interior design, right? Elegant, but not pretentious. So there's a, there's a myth out there that if you're going to do high end design, you know, luxury clients that you have to be a little bougie about that. But you and I both know that that's not true. I mean, people with money are people too, right? There are people out there who want high end design who aren't bougie or pretentious necessarily. So tell me how, how you're marketing with that messaging in order to reach your ideal client. Because I know you, you're down to earth, right? You're a down to earth designer, even though your taste is immaculate and you love to do high end stuff, you don't want to work right? With someone who's pretentious. That's what I'm hearing. Am I wrong? I've experienced working with people like that. (laughs) It's not right. And I think that turns off a lot of designers potentially to say, you know what, I'm not even interested in working with high end clients It's pain in the ass. They're pretentious. I'm not going to enjoy it. But there is a niche, there's a way to position and message yourself on in digital and marketing. So you're getting not only are you getting the high end client, the client with the budget, the big renos that you do, but they're they're fun to work with your ideal client. So tell me about your messaging and and what you've learned there and how that's helped build your business. Obviously, Wingnut has helped with that tremendously um, in guiding me on how to really talk to who my ideal client is. My ideal client always is someone who has worked hard to get where they are. They've worked hard. That's the difference. People who have worked hard to get where they are typically are down to earth, genuine, genuine people just like myself. And the way I put that out, and I'm a big believer in whatever you put out in the universe is what you're going to attract, right? So I made it a point to really put that out in the world that I'm just like everybody else, right? Like I am down to earth. I grew up in um, a home, family, seven people, five kids. My dad worked three jobs. My mom raised us on her own, basically. And I worked to where I am now. I worked really, really hard. And those are the clients I want to work with because at the end of the day, they get it. They understand. And they're out working while I'm doing their project. Oh, even better. <laughs> yeah. They're out working and to kind of piggyback on that, 
that is why these clients that I work with want their home to not feel pretentious because they're out working all day. They have demanding jobs. And when they come home, I think it's so important as a designer to make sure that when your project is complete, every time that client walks through the front door, their shoulders come down and they feel at ease and they feel calm. And the way we do that as an interior designer is we carefully select materials that are going to exude that emotion of calmness. That's right. that's what we do. When I was doing full-time interior design in Miami, I was known once or twice to use the amazing furniture and accessories from article.com. What is article.com, you say? Well, funny you should ask. They are an online-only furniture company offering beautiful and modern products, of course, that are high-quality, stylish, and made to last. Interior designers, architects, and other design professionals can now join Article's exclusive trade program. Wait for it. Article for Trade. You're going to receive faster, more efficient project management with truly dedicated trade support, industry-leading delivery times. Oh my gosh, what a pain point. How long is it taking you guys to get stuff? Sometimes you just got to plug in some furnishings and finish the job, get it ready for a photo shoot, and the article is ready to deliver. They also have budget-conscious solutions for maybe you're doing a little bit of high-low design there. Article can fit the bill. They offer unparalleled value, and they're a trusted partner, not just a vendor. They're going to help you in finding solutions, in deciding on what to choose for your designs if you're stuck. If you're in a rut, you can say, Mr. and Mrs. Article-type person, this is my project. What would you recommend? They can steer you in the right direction there. Their customer service is incredible, and they offer full project support. You can consider them an extension of your team. Article is offering our listeners an exclusive offer. When you sign up for the Article for Trade program at article.com slash article for trade, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order today. So Wingnut Social has been making quite the mark with our full-service social media marketing services for interior designers and adjacent verticals, but did you know that we also offer search engine optimization? Search engine optimization is how you get found on the Googles, how your ideal client sees you when they're typing in interior designer in Miami, Florida. You want Susan McNuggets interior design to pop up, and there's a way to do that to optimize your website on both an off-page and on-page way, ongoing SEO with links building and blogging and all kinds of good stuff. And yes, we do all of that for you. And that's one of the most impactful ways for you to be found in an organic way by your ideal client. And even if you're doing ads, Google ads, pay-per-click ads, if your website is optimized and up-to-date in a healthy SEO way, you're going to be paying less for your ads because it's all about quality, baby, and getting found by your ideal client and offering that great experience on the Googles. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out the SEO audit. That is where everything SEO at Wingnut starts. We'll go in and we'll do a deep dive on your website and see what's broken and how to fix it. And you can get our recommendations for what ongoing SEO would look like moving forward. That's wingnutsocial.com. How have you changed your messaging since you've been with Wingnut in order to attract these ideal clients? You know what I mean? Like, so before, what were you doing? And now, what are we doing? What, you know, which I kind of know, but I want to hear from you. How has that changed? 
So a lot of quotes, inspirational quotes, I think mm-hmm. has helped. A lot of behind the scenes so they can see all the moving parts, like what we do day to day and just being myself. Like when I'm on a job site doing an install, I'm in sneakers, I'm in a sweatshirt. Like we get we get down and dirty where I'm on the floor opening up boxes. I'm putting things together. Like I'm a person, I am going to work. You know, I'm going to make sure that we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that your project is amazing at the end. Exactly. And that's so important to put that out there, put your personality so you attract those people who are going to align with you. You know, if you put out something pretentious at the risk of using that word again, or fake, you're, those are the kind of clients you're going to get. And Sarah Nicole Heimer of uh, Glorian Brand said something once and she was like, you know, rich people are people too. <laughs> you know, it's, there, yes. there's all kinds. There's all kinds. So I, I love that. And we're so happy to have you as a, as a wingnut client. Your account has grown so much. And one, another thing that we've done, uh, for you is I know that we've branched out some into the influencer and lifestyle space to, to also help elevate your brand in order to attract more ideal clients, more high high-end luxury clients. And I just have a quick question for you because this eats at me. And there's coaches in the industry who are saying that you're not going to find luxury clients through uh, social media or digital marketing, particularly on Instagram. What are your thoughts to that? I don't agree with that. They're there. You might not see them. They're there. They're there. I can't share some of my clients because it's confidential, but they're there. They're people. They're on Instagram. They're poking around. I've also learned that because a lot of my clients are professionals, doctors, lawyers, CEOs of big companies, they talk, (laughs) right? (laughs) So if you get one of those clients, they're going to network and they're going to hang out on a Saturday night in their home and they talk. They might never tell you. I've learned this too. They may never tell you where they got your name from. Yeah. They're weird like that, right? <laughs> yes, yes. But it's all good. It doesn't matter. As long as they're coming to me, it's okay. It's, it's okay. <laughs> awesome. So I know that you guys specialize in custom furniture, right? One of a kind things that only your clients can get you. And I just recently uh, did an episode with John Dupre of Revel Woods. And we were talking about being a successful interior designer and leaving out the big box stuff or the things that clients can do on their own. Like a client could just go shop you. You don't allow that anyway, but what you offer is unshoppable, right? With the custom furniture and the built-ins and that kind of thing. And of course, this is a more of a high-end arena that we're talking about with people that can afford that. But John and I were talking about how valuable that is to make yourself indisposable. You are a key component of that. That is something that they cannot do themselves. Not only that, but let's talk a little bit about that business model and having the custom furniture and and doing that kind of design work. How much of a pain in the butt is it? Is it worth it? Are you finding that that is a key component to the value that you're adding for these these luxury clients? And um, is it affecting your bottom line in a positive way? It's super important. And that is one of the things that I specialize in. To me, that's it. Like if you're coming to me, you're coming to me because you want those custom built-ins. You want the custom furniture. It's so important when you're building a high-end home to have one-of-a-kind pieces. Otherwise, like what are we doing here? You know? And I tell people, again, going back to what we said earlier, I tell people like these are custom pieces. So there's a really good chance that you're not going to be able to see the piece. I can show you finishes. I could show you fabrics. I could show you a photo. The beauty of it is no one will ever have this chair. No one will ever have this built in, right? So they want to hear that because at the end of the day, that's why they're hiring us. 
you know, the bottom line, has it, has it affected my bottom line in a positive way? A hundred percent. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How important do you think that part of your business has been as a differentiator? You know, if someone going to look up interior designers and they're, you know, they're Googling it and they see you versus another high-end interior designer, but they're not offering custom furniture or built-ins or that kind of thing. It's definitely huge. At the end of the day, that in itself is what's attracting the high-end client. Really? That particular piece of custom that they cannot, it's unique, they can't get it anywhere else, it's one of a kind. How did you get into the custom furniture? Did you go through just a local artisans? How does one even start offering that? So custom furniture is basically, I mean, it's so there's so many types of custom furniture, but I have a a tremendous amount of, of knowledge and experience with custom furniture Starting all the way back to day one when I was a student at New York Institute of Technology. Um, I won a first place award on a custom table that I designed that was featured at Jacob Javits Center, Museum of Modern Art. That's kind of where it all started. I've learned at a very young age early on that if you want something built, <laughs> you could find <laughs> the person that can build it, right? So... Sometimes it's a challenge, right? Because you get, as a designer, as a visionary, you get an amazing idea and you're like, okay, now who's going to do this for me, right? So over the years, I've learned there's tons of manufacturers here in the U.S. that specialize in custom furniture. So it's just a matter of being able to put your ideas and vision on paper so that someone can actually build it. Um, and then there's furniture manufacturers that might have a certain frame that you pick. And then it's up to you as the designer to come up with the fabric that you're going to choose and the finish that's going to be carefully selected to fit within the design that you're working on for your client. Okay, Melissa, you did say earlier that you have a three room minimum. Is it that on your website? Or how are you putting that out there for clients? Have you gotten any pushback? It's not on my website. It needs to be on my website. (laughs) I do that on a discovery call. Discovery call. I I feel like sometimes when it's out on the website, I think it could scare somebody away. Yeah, yeah, and that's just, that's something that a lot of designers are nervous about. I like to explain it on a discovery call. What that yeah. means? That's just a phone call, then. Yeah. So they go on my website and they can set up a discovery call. It's about fifteen twenty minutes tops. Mm-hmm. We go through what what their improvements, what they think their project is going to be. And then if it sounds like it's one room and they're keeping half the furniture and they just need me to decorate, I shut it down immediately. That's not what we do. Wow. Okay, good. I know I struggle with this too. And a lot of designers do with putting essentially pricing or minimums on the website because on one point, you know, on one hand, you're vetting a client. You know, if anyone's calling you, they are good to go with that situation. But on the other hand, you're losing the opportunity to educate the client on why that's a thing or why they need you. So I like that. I think that's a good solution to have a a phone call, a 15 or 20 minute or so discovery call and just kind of let them know. So they're, you know, it eases their fears or anxiety about that situation. Are you the one that's actually doing the discovery call or do you have people for that now? That is my... Yeah. So you're growing, right? Melissa Sacco Interiors is getting bigger and bigger. You're hiring, hiring. Are you principal on every design or are you starting to delegate some of that? And how are high-end clients reacting to that either way? I'm going to be really transparent right now. So for many years, it was really, really hard for me to give up that control. But more importantly, I had this notion that when you hired Melissa Sacco Interiors, it had to be me always, right? But 
I read some things. I've taken some classes. I've listened to podcasts. I've been coaching. I have a business coach. And I've learned that you can't do it all. That was the breaking point. Do I want to grow? In order to grow as an interior design business, you must delegate. You must have a team of people. You must be okay with the fact that you cannot do it all. I have a team behind me and I'm overseeing all projects. Nothing goes out without my approval. My superpower as an interior designer, as a business owner, is I'm able to go through quickly, right? There are certain things that my team knows I am a hundred percent from the beginning involved in here, which is custom furniture and built-ins, kitchens. That's all me. All right. So that's good. And are, we're setting up those expectations. The clients are aware of this. You'll be like, I'm point. Are you going to the consultations or do you have designers doing that too? I go to every consultation with my project manager. So we both yeah. have a really good understanding of the project. We can discuss it after we get back to the office. Right. I deliver it to them very lightly, right? Like, yes, I'm the owner. However, I have an awesome team behind me. We all bring something to the table and there's never going to be an email, a text or a phone call that's not going to get answered because I have my team behind me. So I'm doing the presenting and I'm at all the consultations. I think it's really important. I saw this question in a Facebook group recently. They do high-end interior design as well. And they said that they were getting pushback from their client because they were not in on every site visit, every meeting, they weren't present. She had her junior designers, senior designers uh, doing a lot of that legwork, which is you have to do that. You have to delegate like that to grow and scale. And the thing was, is in the very beginning, she had not set up that expectation like like you're doing here. And that, that is, that's super important. I was just curious about that. That's smart. That's in- incredibly smart. If I'm telling you it in a negative way, mm-hmm. oh, and by the way, you're not going to see me or talk to me every time we communicate They're right away, they get scared and they're like, wait, what do you mean? And now it's a negative. Mm -hmm. You have to put it out to them as a positive thing. Right. We don't just have me on your project. You have my whole team. That's awesome. All right. So Melissa Sacco, before we get into the what up wingnut round, what is the one biggest piece of advice that you would give to that designer out there who wants to get more aspirational, high-end clients? What is the number one piece of advice that you would give them in order to start moving in that direction? Be confident. That's it. I love it. All right, cool. And constantly educate yourself. Constantly educate yourself because that will bring confidence. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you know what you're talking about, if you've practiced, if you've rehearsed it, if you know your your crap, that is going to make you confident. All right. 100%. Very cool. Melissa Sacco, now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Oh, yes. <laughs> Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? The hashtag would be the number 75. That is my childhood home address. And the reason why I chose that is because that's where I learned all of my values and my my work ethic from my parents in that home. So that's it would be 75. You just made me for clumped. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> I, I'm, a little, I'm a little teary-eyed myself just saying oh, that. That's the sweetest answer we've had so far. All right, let me recover. <sighs> it's okay. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your favorite food for the rest of your life. What's it going to be? This is the easiest question I've ever been asked. I love food. I'm Italian. 
It's prosciutto and mozzarella on semolina bread all day long, all day long. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I want to be stuck on that island with you for sure. That sounds delicious. <laughs> Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had an impact on you either personally or professionally. Okay, so I'm going to be transparent again. I don't read a lot, but the few books I have read, the one that sticks out to me the most is Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman and Mark Winters. It's in a nutshell, it's talking about you can't do it all as an entrepreneur and there needs to be a visionary and then someone who actually is an integrator and puts your vision into motion. Love it. And that's Rocket Fuel by... Gino Wickman and Mark Winters. Okay, very cool. Melissa Sacco, thank you for sitting down with me and having this conversation. Please tell the listeners where they can go to follow your growth and your journey and uh, to get that Melissa Sacco inspo. Sure. It's my website. It's www.melissasaccointeriors.com. Awesome. And uh, make sure to follow Melissa Sacco Interiors on Instagram, right? Yes, definitely. That's a well-run account, by the way. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more, Dala. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for being a terrific guest and a wingnut client. We love you and you have an amazing week. Thank you. You too. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. You're one of our most valued wingnut full service clients and uh, our, your success just means the world to us. We love sitting back and watching you grow and all of your successes. So um, thank you again for coming on the show and being vulnerable and explaining you know, what it takes to get high-end clients. And I think it's so important to remember. And I'll never forget when I first started interior design, I had friends saying, oh, you're going to have to be bougie now. You're going to have to be like fa-la-la-la-la. And if anyone out there has been listening for a hot minute, I think you can tell that that is not your girl. That is not me. So you have to just remember that people with money are people too. If you're down to earth, if you're you're not pretentious, and if you're not, you know, you don't consider yourself to be bougie or hoity-toity, if you're suddenly had a million dollars drop on your lap, you're going to be a person with money. <laughs> you see what I'm see what I'm getting at there, right? So yeah, not only that, but the idea of offering irreplaceable value. We talked about that some with John Dupre on his episode, episode two sixty of just making yourself irreplaceable with the value and that you bring to the project, the custom built-ins, the things that that client can't get anywhere else, and just make them feel like it's an experience. It is the luxury experience, and they don't have to do much, right? I think that is what people are thinking about when they hire an interior designer at this level. Now, you do have the clients who want to go shopping with you, they want to help. And there's some designers out there who have that business model. It's a more of a consultative and that works just fine. But if you want to get the high end luxury client, then listen to what uh, Melissa Sacco has talked about on this episode. Don't forget the next Wingnut webinar, yours truly is going to go over Google ads for interior designers, how to do them, but more about the strategy of doing them. So you get found it's like some really important information there. So if you are delegating your ads, your Google ads to someone else, you'll know what to look for. You can say, Hey, are you doing these extensions? Are you doing this uh, thing over here? And you're going to know what to ask after you watch our webinar. And again, that's April 26 at 11 a.m. Wingnut social.com slash webinar. Sign up for free. 
And be sure to head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out Wingnut Academy. Sign up for them, their updates. You can know when the courses launch. If you're not at that point to, to spend big bucks on your marketing to get big returns, I do have to say that. Um, you want to do it yourself because maybe you don't have back-to-back projects or maybe you have an intern in your interior design studio that can do it. Just say, here, take this course, little intern, and uh, make me an Instagram star. It could happen. Wingnutsocial.com slash wingnutacademy. You're good to go. All right, that's it for this week. Remember, get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. Offering beautiful modern products that are high, that are high, (laughs) just like me. When I was doing full-time interior design in Miami, Florida, I would fart a lot. (laughs) Clients never knew it because they were silent and not deadly. (laughs) Farting. I don't know why that's my (laughs) go-to. Outro. Outro Crockett. King of the wild frontier. I am not drugs. I am not drugs. I'm not on drugs. I'm not drinking, I swear. I did have two teaspoonfuls of uh, trail mix, though. Good boy, Mango.